All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. This is going to be season two of the Chi and Khalil show. Season um, two? Yes. <laughs> that's your girl Chi right there. Uh, I'm hey. Khalil. Uh, we took a quick break, and while we're on break, the world fell apart. So yep. we got a whole <laughs> bunch of things to talk about. I'm not so saying that much. our show was holding it together. I'm um, saying that it was. <laughs> <laughs> but dang. We leave for a few weeks, and all of a sudden, what? Right. What? But I mean, it, it was kind what? of a dumpster fire already. It just some some Yo. more gasoline fell up on it. Um, Yo. Yeah. Talk about contributing to the carbon emissions problem. I mean, just ugh. Really, Chi? Really? I'm just <laughs> <Carbon> saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So, um, so yeah, so we we finally you know got on our stuff, and Chi's been busy, you know with life changes um, because of that pause is about to start um, because it happens when people get a little old, you know? What? Um, Anyway, we had decided that we were going to start recording Small time out. I'm like, pause, what pause? Okay, Mr. Obi-Gyne. I'm not even going to dignify it with a Dr. Obi-Gyne, just Mr. Obi-Gyne. No, that is not the issue. Thank you very much. Continue. Uh, um, Anyway, so yeah, we were going to record Don't be acting like you're exhausted (laughs) either. I just got like off you work. just came off an all night shift. Or I just something. got off work. No, right? <laughs> <laughs> just popped the baby out. Just handed it to someone. You know what? Her baby. But um, yeah, I didn't actually do any work. Well, I just sat there. I just See? stand there and look. I stand there and look See? pretty. No, See? I, this one I actually had to do a little bit because I had to like move the nuclear cord around. You know what I'm saying? Oh wow! No, that that's serious. Right. That's serious. And and there was a little shoulder stosha. I had to do a little Reuben maneuver. You don't know about that Reuben, do you? Because <laughs> you probably think it's a woods. That's because you ain't educated. But anyways. As we were saying, as of before, I was rudely interrupted <laughs> by your rude insinuation <laughs> that there was a pause somewhere. Okay, continue. See, so, we, so a couple of days, like we finally decided, you know, go ahead and record this today, um, and we were going to talk about a bunch of things. But then, um, one of the uh, greatest pillars of the Supreme Court passed away uh, yeah. this weekend. Um, so mm. we want to give a shout out to RBG. Uh, yeah. Notorious yeah, notorious RBG. Right. Um, mm. She fought the good fight. She was definitely dedicated to creating a new world that's better yeah. for all people. Yeah. Um, and there's very few people who get in positions of power like that and still actually want to do good for the average person. Right. Um, so she was just, I mean, we could talk about her for about five, six shows if we really wanted mm-hmm. to. Um, but for real, um, with all of the drama that's happened since, I think her legacy is not getting the proper due because we're yeah. worried about what's going to happen now. But she was an amazing pioneer for Americans in general yeah. um, and paved the way for a lot, lot of basic liberties that we enjoy today. Especially for us women. Can you, believe, can you imagine any person signif- signifies man and woman and the supreme court justice had to tell the men that <laughs> tell the congress that that person means anybody who's human right <laughs> that 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 basic understanding of biology right like just had to had to come out of somebody's mouth and i'm glad that she said it so that people like me <laughs> could be able to do some of the things that we're doing in this world right now because without her and of course without all the other fights there there are many other fights that have been fought and almost won and won by women over the course of this country's history 
but definitely her being on the Supreme Court would just just had a significant impact on on the course of of all of our lives, but especially for women. And and I love the things that she said that come come out come off as revolutionary, but it's only <laughs> revolutionary because our society is fucked up, right? So yeah, when they yeah. asked her like, well, how many women would be enough in the Supreme Court? And mm-hmm. her response when when all of them are women, right? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh no, why would you say that? And they're like, she's like, well, there's almost always been all men, and no one had a problem with that. So Nobody. why would it be a problem if it's all women? It's okay. right, just like basic, okay. basic ish. Like, yeah. I follow this guy, Big Indian Jayasi. His handle is at um, Big Indian Jayasi. I love him. He's been on MSNBC. He's um, Native American here speaks about, you know, issues pertaining to all folks. We understand that if it's affecting Black people, Indigenous people, it's definitely affecting everybody else. But one of his tweets um, was about, you know, yes, big ups to Ruth Bader Ginsburg and everything that she's done, but also recognizing that her legacy is complicated and complicated because apparently there were some, there were some, rulings or decisions made related to quote Indian law. I don't know if Indian law is politically correct, but that's what, um, that's how it's referred to at least right now. And so, and so he was talking about that and I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that there was sort of this other side of, of Justice Ginsburg that may make her legacy not pure. And it got me thinking like, well, nobody's legacy is right. We, we just have to understand that. No. And, and, Praising somebody for doing good doesn't necessarily negate, you know, some of the more complicated, controversial or questionable decisions. Right. And and I and I say that broadly, also understanding that number 45 can't redeem himself right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like in terms of his legacy, I'm not I mean, the only thing is probably season one of The Apprentice. And that was it (laughs) because it was the first reality TV show, at least for me, that was like, oh, they got some intelligent people up here and they've got to figure out like business, like, you know, MBA on TV, you know, that kind of thing. But um, then soon thereafter, it became something else. But uh, yeah, just just acknowledging that her not everybody is going to feel 100 percent, you know, a certain way about her. But she did make a significant impact and we shouldn't forget that. And her legacy now, her vacancy, <laughs> speaks to how important her impact has been. Yeah, and the fact that she held on forever and ever yeah. and ever to yeah. try to make sure that the Supreme Court didn't become all the way fascist. You like, know, yeah. can you imagine 40-something days left in the election? She fought her fight. She yeah. did. I mean, that metastatic pancreatic cancer, that's no joke. Um and still this year was like, you know, writing decisions and getting her law clerks and interns to, you know, um, do work up until this last week. My gosh, it's yeah. just crazy. It's yeah. crazy. How that team from Washington do this season? How are they doing? You know, I ain't even paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> California's on fire. <laughs> Somebody trying to put in another conservative justice on the court. There's a global pandemic. I can't even keep up. Like, the fact that anybody, honestly, Khalil, the fact that anybody is playing sports right now, like, I get it. I get for the athlete wanting to get out there and work their muscles that they've been used to working since they were probably five years old, both men and women, right? Right. 
but we're in the midst of a global pandemic. And at what point do we say it's okay to take a breather? I mean, the fact that you got college students, you know, breaking the rules, putting at risk all the college, the student athletes, like it's just, y'all just, just shut it down for a year. But I know why they can't shut it down because of the money. Like, I don't think it's anything else but the money. Like, honestly. Well, it's... A- so tell sports, me I'm tell me I'm wrong. Like I'm okay. So big Just part of it is money, but like so sports are at the same time totally unimportant and also one of the most important parts of society, right? Mm-hmm. So Okay. Why people, is it the, one of the most important? So people really are very dedicated and put a lot of time and energy and are emotionally invested in sports on a level that competes with every other part of their life. Like take the Ivory Coast, right? So mm-hmm. the Ivory Coast has a lot of diamond wars, right? They use child soldiers. There's always some kind of militia, and it's all fighting over controlling the diamond mines so they can sell this horrible, horrible thing, right? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Every year that they make the World Cup, they call a ceasefire so they can watch the Ivory Coast play in the World Cup. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Wow, that just gave me chill, like goosebumps, the goosies, like J-Lo says. Oh, my gosh. So every four years um, since they've been making the World Cup, like there's a couple months of ending these endless wars over diamonds. Hmm. But, but just hear, hear the, 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 the nonsensicalness of that. Like, so if you're able to stop for sports, then you're just able to stop. Right. Like, I don't know. I'm just thinking of what Biden said the other day um, in one of his like rallies, quote unquote rallies, where he was like, you know, violence is never a good thing. And I was just thinking about war. (laughs) And I'm like, war is violence. Is that ever a good thing? I don't I'm not saying that people can't defend themselves. And if that's what you're calling war. okay, I guess. But like. I just, I don't know. When is violence ever, ever relevant? War is, there's no actual benefit to war outside of terrorizing people and people in power wanting more More money, power. Right? Yeah. Like every single war that's pretty much ever been fought is there's a really rich person who wants what the rich people over there have. So they send the poor people from their place to go kill the poor people from the other place to try to get the riches from the other place. Right. Yeah. I mean, the American Revolution was the same thing. It was the bourgeoisie class in the United States didn't want to keep giving, sending money and tribute to the king. So they're Mm -hmm. like, well, we can get all the poor people here to fight the British soldiers. And at that time, the British soldiers were just basically made up of people who were too poor to eat, who had no other way to support themselves. They became British soldiers. And, you know, we can fight it out until it doesn't make monetary sense for the king to try to keep control of us because we're making it more expensive to them by fighting this war, right? Okay. And then, I mean, I mean, if you think if you think of all the bullshit reasons they gave, like, you know, taxation without representation, mm-hmm. what percentage of the population in the United States was allowed to vote after the revolution? A very small percentage. It was yeah. only like the white men with property, right? So like... It was like 6%. Because not only did you oh, have to be okay. white, you had to be male, you had to be Protestant as well. That's and true. Own, and you right. had to own like a significant amount of land. It's not like you could have your house. Like you right. had to have that wasn't an, enough. an estate. You had to basically be a lord, right? So it was basically like you have to be members of the royalty. So mm. it was even less representation than the British had at that time because they were starting to let people who weren't necessarily lords actually participate 
somewhat. Well, anyways, whatever. Wow. But anyways, it was there was no it wasn't really about voting rights or representing people. It was hey, we don't want to keep sending part of our riches to England. Yeah. That was the main driver of the whole thing. Um, so again, money. Right. You can always convince with propaganda people in your country to go and fight someone else. They either say the other people yeah. are trying to harm you, they're yeah. trying to come get you, we're going to protect you from, etc. But the majority yeah. of it, 99% of all the wars, is all comes down to money. Like if you take Iraq, right? So they told yeah. us about all these weapons of mass destruction, about how... <laughs> right. But then also, like, do you remember, there's a whole bunch of other things. Like they talked about the elite Iraqi Republican Guard. And mm-hmm. it was like this elite force and blah, blah, blah. And I remember they showed a clip of some of them like um, surrendering, right? Mm-hmm. They were wearing sandals. They didn't even have shoes. Like, wow. how can you have elite fighting wow. force that doesn't even have combat boots, right? Wow. And they were never, ever going to be a threat. What it was is they, and Halliburton, it was kind of weird. They actually signed a contract with Halliburton to actually take control of the oil and use that money to pay Halliburton to do stupid things like rebuild the country. So it was basically like, we're going to go take the oil and we're going to launder it through Halliburton. Oh, I and see. all these, they, and they have what they call cost plus contracts where whatever Halliburton spends, the government just gives them an extra 15%. So that's wow. why they were recruiting like truck drivers to go drive in Iraq and they would pay you three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000. Cause one, like no one really wants to go work in a war zone. But also, it didn't matter how much they paid people because the more they paid people, the more money they got in the end. Wow. Right. What a perverse incentive. Right. But it was... But the thing is that Americans were really, really pro-war at the time. And there's still people yeah. who are trying to act like, oh, yeah, we really thought there was weapons of mass destruction. No. Well, people. not even weapons of mass destru- destruction. Just go to the sentiment of 9-11, right? Like, it's like two... Two planes go into the World Tower, another one's going to D.C., another one's going to the White House, another one's going to um, the Pentagon, and you start to feel, at least this is the, the, the way I remember how the media showed it, and just the feeling that somebody would take a plane right. into buildings with people, right. um, that somebody was trying to attack us. And that, that was the frame. There was an attack, there was an attack, an attack, and we have to retaliate. I do often wonder... What would have happened if we just said, wow, they really hit us. We've got to rebuild, figure out this relationship, and not go to war. Well, the, well, the other part You know was, what I'm saying? But the thing is, Al-Qaeda was trying to take out Saddam Hussein. Mm-hmm. Like, Saddam Hussein was a horrible dictator, I agree. But he was a secular dictator. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't right. religious, um, yeah. fanatic enough for... Al-Qaeda. So the mm-hmm. Al-Qaeda elements, which ended up becoming ISIS, were actually trying to overthrow Saddam Hussein. And Saddam Hussein was actually keeping that area of the country away from extremist radicalism. So by going and taking him out, it opened the door for what ended up being ISIS. Because the other thing is, there was no actual, there was no plan to control the country. So they mm-hmm. did the stupid shock and awe, where they just went mm-hmm. from one place made the military, like, you know, give up their arms, they put it in a stockpile, and then they drove to another city. So then everyone just showed up to go get their fully automatic rifles and et cetera, because they were just laying there unguarded. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I feel like we, I, I feel was, like we create yeah. these problems. There, there is a, there is a, there is a process that in which whiteness works. 
it create and I don't know, maybe this is all of humanity, but certainly this is whiteness ideology where you see a situation, you create the problem, and then you try and find solutions to the problem that you created. <laughs> I think like that's literally what I feel like our society has been. Like we create a problem or we use something to be the reason to create a problem and then find solutions for it. So racism is a problem, right? That like, well, for, for many of us, it's a problem, but for whiteness ideology, it's not, it's the fabric, right? But it creates all these issues. So the, some of those who feel guilty or may feel like, okay, this is where we like do what Jesus told us to do, which is, you know, feed the poor and the hungry and all of this. And they start throwing grants and talking about policies and how we need to do this, that, and the other, but never really get at the issue. And the reason why they can't get at the issue is because there's no profit in actually dealing with the first thing that caused the problem, which is the racism, which is my opinion. It's, it's I mean, not- there's no, right? Like there's no... I don't think there's any, there can't be any denying that because that's literally what you see and what you see play out. If you deny the fact that all of our existence right now stems from racist structures, racist institutions, and incidentally racist people, then yeah, the solution is combating the racism and being anti-racist. I don't know, maybe somebody else disagrees, but like, I feel like, if we want to go forward in anything, that's the truth that we have to be willing to face. And we just, we just aren't there yet. Anyway, I don't know <laughs> how we got couple, there, but, but I did want to years. Yeah. say that again. It's only going to be a couple hundred more years, but what were you going to say? A couple hundred more years. No, I was just thinking about RBG again. Okay. Because her vacancy leaves us, leaves us scrambling. And I don't want to talk about the hypocrisy of that dude who's talking about like what he, what he's going to allow to, Trump to do in this in this election. But I do want to say that if we go, if we allow, and I think that we have power, we the citizens of the United States have power, if we allow our elected officials to do this, to be able to nominate and seat a Supreme Court judge who is not in the best interest of the country, we can expect to rewind the last 245 years of our existence, the 44 years of our existence. 100% believe that. I'm not saying we're gonna go back to slavery where now all of us are in chains and we we, we have no rights, but we're close, <laughs> but we're close. No, seriously, think about it. Like they're gonna find somebody who wants to overturn Roe versus Wade. They're going to find somebody who's going to deregulate everything so that now instead of, of trying to deal with the climate crisis, now the Supreme Court, the legislative branch of government is going to tell us, no, we don't have to regulate that. We don't have to regulate that. I mean, look at the cities like Flint who have had to deal with craziness on the local level. And now you have on the national level, somebody saying like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like it just, oh, our civil rights, Voting Rights Act. And why the Voting Rights Act can't be just law. Like I, I don't understand why it's not permanent. Why are we still like dealing with like, oh, we need to, what is the, what is the word? Like reauthorize? I'm like, reauthorize. Well, no, we got, no, it got struck down by the Supreme Court because racism was over because we got a black president. It was the dumbest, like if you actually read that decision, it was the dumbest thing ever. It's just like the Voting Rights Act has allowed black people to vote in the South. So we don't need it anymore. 
Great. That was basically their opinion. But like, we don't need it anymore. It, it because works. somehow a rainstorm right. ain't coming. Like, you know, <laughs> what RBG said, like, you know, it's like carrying an umbrella in a rainstorm and putting it away thinking that you just because you're not wet <laughs> that you don't need an umbrella. Like, come on, bruh. Like, are you serious right now? But this is the kind of thing that's going to go forward. So my point is, we have power and we need to do something. And to do something would either be calling all these these uh, Senate Republicans or Republican senators and saying, get off your butt and actually do the right thing here. Don't be hypocrites like you normally are. And for the Democrats to actually, everybody else, forget even party, just everybody else actually fight. Be as cunning, <laughs> as strategic and clever as the Republicans have been over the last 20 years. Well, all, all, they, all they have to do is look, so... None, no Republican voters cares that Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and all the other senators are being hypocritical because they no. know that they're a bunch of liars and they don't care right. as long as they do get their agenda in, right? So exactly. they they are going to be excited that they are going to put in this really anti-women's rights um, mm-hmm. Supreme Court justice and then mm-hmm. claim that they're doing it for women because she's a woman. Yeah, so, can you imagine? So, I mean, That's like think, putting Clarence Thomas, Clarence Thomas, Clarence Thomas right. in, in the Supreme Court and say exactly. we're doing it for the black people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Huge Liars. Okey-doke, right. Okie doke. Um, but all this is a thing. What the Democrats need to actually do instead of crying about this for the next month is yes! win more Senate seats mm-hmm. and change the size of the Supreme Court. Why are we going to change the size of the Supreme Court again? Because then they can then they can nominate two more people, two more justices, three more justices. And so you Biden want it to be bigger, so that there are more experience. There's no, more no, no, experiences no. represented. Like what is well, this? No. So basically, there's there's two there's more there's going to be a majority of conservative, reaction not even conservative reactionary, which is more to the right than conservative judges on the Supreme Court, right? So mm-hmm. if Biden and Harris win, they can nominate two or three more liberal-ish um, justices. So that way, there's a there's not a super majority of ultra reactionary Supreme Court justices that think things like contraception is should be something that um, insurances shouldn't cover. <laughs> you know wow, I mean? like. Like wow. basic, basic things, or like a multinational corporation that's worth billions of dollars is somehow has religious freedoms and religious right to deny their employees access to the health care that they deem is not appropriate. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the bizarre, bizarre things that they're doing. So anyways, the Supreme Court has, there's nothing in the Constitution that says how many justices there have to be. Right, so right. you can nominate more. And there's a bunch of different ways that it's happened over the past, but one of the ways is Congress could actually just tell the president, like, we need more justices. But there's nothing to say that Biden and Harris can't, without Congress, just go ahead and add more justices. All they have to do is get them approved by the Senate. That's all that basically is required. So, I mean... But I'm, I'm just... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, finish. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't... We can raise, like, a stink about this and hope that the, the, Demo, the Republican senators will do the right thing, but we've been doing that, and they've been showing us that they're... Right. Right. Then a flip flop at the end, like I don't even know why they bother even listening to 
what's her name from Maine anymore. Like she always acts like she's going to do something and then just does whatever. Mitch oh McConnell. yeah. Miss Collins. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 Her last statement was a, a, a bunch of uh, subjunctive statements. Should somebody should be doing this. Somebody should be doing that. And they should be doing it. It was like, but what are you going to do? Like Isn't she it, left herself right. open. Just like actually, who was it? Was it Lindsey Graham or Mitch McConnell? I can't remember which one is the one that said you could hold my feet to the fire. Come, I, it might have been um, Graham. Um, hold my feet to the fire if in 2020 there's a Republican president and we have a Supreme Court vacancy. That's all he said. And this is the thing that pe- I, I feel like the liberals, Democrats, whatever you want to call it, non-Republicans don't understand. That independents tend to understand. That these folks are not speaking directly. They're speaking indirectly. So when he says, you can call me a liar, you can call me this, he's saying, yes, go ahead. It's not going to change my actions. And that's how Republicans have been speaking for like decades. And I'm, I'm like sitting here with, and this is, you know, my, my biggest gripe with the Democrats. I'm like, y'all ain't listening. These people are not true to their word as you want to interpret it. You hear... Well, if I do that, then call me a hypocrite. You hear, okay, great. He's going to be called a hypocrite. He's going to feel shame. And then we're going to change, you know, and make things in order. The problem is what they are always discounting is that there is no shame in these people, (laughs) especially now with the president of the United States. There is no shame in them. So yes, go ahead and call them out. And they're like, yeah, you're right. You're right. But you know what? We're still going to get that conservative justice in because, you know, I mean, this is his uh, constitutional duty as a president and he's yeah. white. He's not Barack well, Obama. Sorry. Well, Lind- Lindsey you know? Graham might actually lose this year, which is fucking hilarious. You think so? Against, um, what is his name? Jamie Harrison? Harris. Yeah, they're actually polling about each yeah. equal. Like he's, yeah. Yeah. Which is another thing, like, I'm not fully understanding why the Republicans are following Trump because Lindsey Graham doesn't care about Trump. He hates Trump. Um, just oh, as really? Much, and when did you than, hear him say this? <laughs> when when Trump was running for the Republican Yes, but that was when Trump was running! <laughs> no, but I'm saying that's that's actually how Lindsey Graham actually feels about him, right? So mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham is just like every other politician who's been there for a long time, is that Lindsey Graham's going to only do two things. Do whatever mm-hmm. he needs to do to get elected, and then do whatever he needs to do to get reelected. Yeah, right. Oh, God, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand that it would be hard for them to win a Republican primary, if they go against Trump, right? Mm-hmm. But it now, like he went from having a huge margin in his last election to now actually possibly losing his seat that he's held for basically our whole lifetime. <laughs> so this that's the thing. Like, I don't understand how all the Republicans in the Senate didn't get together and be like, look, all of us just have to go ahead and kick Trump out because he's going to make it hard for us to keep our majority. And yeah, we might, it might be hard for us to win a primary, but not if all of us do it together. And we need to tell Fox News to get behind us. And basically, if you get Fox News behind you, like, you're good, right? You're golden as a Republican. No, for real. Like, no, Republican I'm laughing because... think whatever Fox News says, right? How do you know they're not already having these conversations? It's just not working in their favor. I feel like they're having these conversations, Kalo. I do, I but really they, do. they, but then they were just like, all right, we're just going to go and like, I mean, imagine like Ted Cruz, like, I, <laughs> oh, like, seriously, Lord. like the man talked about how ugly your wife was like over yes. and over, not just once, yes. over yes. and over yes. and over. Yes. Claim that your dad like killed JFK. 
and then somehow you're still which was him. proven to be a farce with the national Enquirer. like he paid he not even paid he was like this is what you need to do that's what the the mob boss who sits in the oval office basically <laughs> said you need to do you need to run this story are you kidding me right now yeah i'm trying to and learn this man more still about wants forgiveness right but if someone called my wife ugly like unless no. i like you know might have got like an elbow in something like i don't think that we could be friends after that no, and especially you, like you called your dad right. uh, the assassin of jfk that should tell you something. like your own dad unless yeah. you just didn't like your dad like come on yeah but ted cruz isn't actually an american anyway so it doesn't really matter <laughs> oh, act- no, his citizenship is actually fake no seriously it's not valid no. no, it's not. He was... No, I am not going into any birtherisms. No, no, whether it's, it's Ted Cruz no, or Donald Trump, like, he's actually not an American citizen. So, his father was Cuban. Mm-hmm. His yes, mother but... was born American, but was had moved to Canada and had started voting in Canada, which meant she got a Canadian citizenship, which mm-hmm. automatically gets rid of your American citizenship. If you apply for a citizenship of another country, you lose your American citizenship, right? So Ted Cruz was born in Canada after his mother changed her citizenship to Canadian and his father was Cuban. He is not American. Really? Yeah. So did he apply for citizenship in America? So then when his mother um, applied to move him back, she claimed that she was an American citizen, but never had reported that she um, became a Canadian citizen. So he, he, you're saying that he illegally became a legal. Yeah, right. <laughs> His, his citizenship, like when Trump talks about people lying on their, like, their immigration forms and getting their citizenship revoked, Ted Cruz is on that list. He's not a natural born citizen in any way. And his citizenship that he actually did get was a lie. Because his mother was no longer a natural citizen. Okay, I, I, I definitely have to look into that. There's even a, there's, insane. A Republican, there's a Republican who sued for him to be taken off the Republican um, presidential ballot for that reason. Wow. And there's actually a real paper trail. It's not just like, oh, they're brown, they're not American. Right, 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 right. right. (laughs) That's insane. That's insane. But you know, I mean, his last name is Cruz, C R U Z. And like, his first name is Raphael. And his first name is Raphael. Yeah, it's Raphael. (laughs) But he presents white, like Martin Sheen. I mean, not that Martin Sheen denies his own heritage, but he, you look at him and you're like, oh, okay, sure. You're white too. So he's benefiting from whatever privilege and lying he may have may not have done in his lifetime. He's benefiting from that privilege. And maybe that guilt makes him want to associate with, with uh, number 45. I don't know. I do, I, do, I do not understand. I cannot ever understand why they all are followers other than I get cult mentality. The, and the, the cult mentality part. is real. And this is the, a cult. <laughs> The funniest thing is that the RNC's official platform, like, they didn't even bother to write a platform this year. No, they didn't. They were just like, we just support Trump. Because they realized that the message that Trump gives is garbage. Like, there is no real message outside of we're better than those people, right? I'm fighting for you, and we're better than them. But he doesn't even really define who you are or what kind of fight he's doing, right? It's just this Mm -hmm. ambiguous, like, random promise. So they didn't even bother to write down any official policies. They're just like, yeah, we just support Trump. You know, I mean, like I said, it's a cult. It's a cult. And and you don't, at some point, either your, your spirit, your soul just says, you know what, I'm done. And, and maybe I'm done not even because you figured something was bad, 
Um, you might just be like, oh, I'm moving on in a new direction or whatnot. But for the majority of folks, they don't see they don't see a way out. They don't want a way out. They think that this is their their last chance for meaning. And that's what a cult does for you. And like, so I'm waiting for him to like, well, no, I shouldn't say I'm waiting for him to like, you know, pass out some Kool-Aid for everybody to drink because that Kool-Aid is the coronavirus. And these folks who are walking around without social distancing, without masks, while the, the president of the United States is saying, well, as long as they don't come close to me, that's your Kool-Aid moment. That oh, is your Herman. Kool-Aid moment. Yo, Herman he's allowed, he's 200,000 people, right? Like, wait, let me, let me, as of today's taping, we should, we should have reached, and that's sad to say, 200,000 yeah. um, coronavirus deaths, right? That's 200,000 yeah. people. But the thing is that they're so deep in. Um, so your boy, Herman Cain, I'm not sure if everyone knows who Herman Cain is, but he was mm. the CEO of uh, Pizza Inn and he was really instrumental in right. one, keeping, keeping the minimum wage low and making minimum wage workers lose a lot of basic rights. So he was influential in lobbying for a lot of really horrible policies that have increased wealth inequality and increased the level of poverty in the United States. Mm. Hardcore Republican, really into the coronavirus denial was proud, like tweeted proudly before he went to the Tulsa rally about how there's masks aren't required because people are fed up, showed up to the coronavirus, uh, to the Tulsa rally, actually it was the coronavirus rally, right? <laughs> that was a poor idea. <laughs> showed up to the Tulsa rally without a mask, danced around on videos, and then got the, got the Rona and died from it, mm. right? So <sighs> then his family took over his Twitter account and they're still tweeting coronavirus denial articles. No, stop that. They are stop that. They are tweeting are you coronavirus denial, like how it's not really that deadly and blah blah blah. And I'm like, yo, your main man took one for the team because of the Rona, because he was living this denial life, and you're still on the denial page. Like that's how deep into the cult they are. And the other thing is the Republicans didn't really even give him a shout out at all. Like he was been so instrumental for no. their, their like policies exactly. for so long. And they're just like, Oh, whatevs. Thanks homie. Like deuces. No one really cares. And this oh family is God. still like, yes, we're the Kane gang. And we are fighting for this coronavirus denial, even though he died from it. No, I, you know what? I, I, because I couldn't believe that. Like, it was just so incredulous that his, Twitter feed was still going after his after his death by this new this new group. Like I'm scrolling through his feed and I, it's it's bizarre. It is literally bizarre. It's like the headline. I almost feel like it's being led by Russian bots, and I know it's not. They said in one of them from September 18th with a picture of Kamala Harris behind a fence in an SUV. Kamala Harris clearly has a double standard. And the, the headline is Kamala Harris spotted being protected by assault rifle, the same type of gun she wants. And if you click on it, it's going to probably say that she wants to remove from the streets. And, and I think to myself, only an idiot, <laughs> only an idiot would think that that is, that, 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 that is a, a true statement. It is conflating so many issues. The reality is as a black person on the face of this earth, especially in this country, <laughs> You need to be protected because people are out for you, including the armed police when you don't have any arms. So whatever. Anyway, it just, 
it's it's fascinating. Like I wouldn't need to be protected if we didn't have people with semi-automatic or automatic military grade rifles. Right. Like come on. <laughs> what other the other thing going back to like Democrats relearning how to brand things. Um, yeah. Like they should be honest about like the what really what most pro-choice people are. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and speak for all pro-choice pro-choice people right now because we're all one monolith. Um, mm. <laughs> But anyway, right. I'm getting ready for my argument as the other side of the pro-choice argument. <laughs> you know, but the thing is that yeah. pro-choice people actually want to limit abortions too, right? But right. we do it a different way because we want to make abortion not necessary. So we want Thank to you. empower Hallelujah. women to be able to actually not be living in poverty, to yeah. have to teach kids about contraception as right. opposed to absence and only sex. teaching. Right. Because absence only teaching increases the teenage pregnancy rate and the teenage STD rate. So it's yep. worse than doing nothing. But yep. Republicans still push it because they don't actually want to stop abortions. They just want to control people after they get pregnant. So if you actually look at when Democratic presidents have been in power over the past 20, 30 years, the abortion rate actually drops a, by a much higher percentage than when Republicans are there. And the main reason is if you actually have systems where women aren't in poverty and you can teach teenagers about sex and how to not become pregnant and you have more access to contraception the unintended pregnancy rate goes down because the number one driver of abortions is unintended pregnancy exactly exactly <laughs> Which, exactly. that's literally right. it so it's almost a hundred percent like i'm just saying i did not want this pregnant right. for whatever reason that is the that is the situation that the woman might might find herself in. Right. And that's so, why you do it. So if Democrats actually say we want to decrease abortions too, we want to do it by making it not necessary. So we yeah. want to add, provide access and do all the things and actually bring up the reasons and how they're actually reducing abortions. Mm-hmm. Then these this strange thing about if I'm Christian, I have to vote Republican because of I'm anti-abortion you can actually fight that argument, even though like the whole argument is stupid because there's only one mention of abortion in the Bible and it's pro-abortion. It's not pro-choice, but the only mention of an actual abortion, God kills the baby on purpose to punish the woman for cheating. Um, when was, when was that? It's I don't like, remember that. Too. It's like numbers one. Okay. Anyways, if you're, okay. if you, if your wife is pregnant and you think she's been sleeping with the pool boy um, and that's whose baby it is, you take, you take your wife to the priest <laughs> She makes a magic potion that she gives to your, he gives to your wife, and if the baby's not yours, God will abort it. Okay. Okay. So like I said, it's not pro-choice, but right, it's definitely pro-abortion. Right, right, so, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And there's other like, you know, things you can argue for, like that's claim the Bible's pro-life or pro-choice and blah, blah, and you can go back and mm-hmm. forth. But the only actual right. mention of abortion, God does it because you got pregnant by the pool boy, but only because your husband knew that you did and you had to go to the priest. So if you were, if you were slick about it, then it's cool. But I think the problem with, I think what's the real like take home message from that is if you're going to cheat, you better f- make sure that your spouse don't find out because your spouse finds out. They right. got oh, well, come on. But as exactly. long as you do it on the DL, <laughs> then it's all good. With contraception, because then you do not have to worry right. about the outcome. Or like, you can honestly, just start a religion and say, like, hey, yo, like, you get married and you're already pregnant. Be like, yo, 
I never had sex with anybody. You know, this is God's baby. So, that's what are we gonna do, Joe? What are we wait, gonna do? wait, wait. That sounded like a crack at Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Would I do that? Would I do that? Yes, you did that. Yes, you did that. But she didn't start she the religion. The so, she, ergo, she, ergo. She the Lord's day. I would never do such a thing. Oh my gosh, okay. boy, we need some sage and some prayers. You need an anointing on you or something. No, but in 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 all reality, like the fact that pro-life exists only uh, pro pro-life exists only and emphatically for what happens with a woman and a baby inside of her it's pro-birth or a yeah, fetus it's pro-life. Inside. It's pro-birth, right. yeah it's pro-birth that's what it is because yeah. there are so many there's so much life lived after birth that people don't want to pay attention to we have right. climate change big issue we have racism big issue we have health care that does not provide health well, you know, it only wants to treat right. sickness and, and with that create sickness. And the other thing is that they don't. But that's actually, ignored. Right. They don't actually want social services for poor people. Right. Right. So this is another thing where Democrats should actually like give a good thing. They say like, yeah, we don't want everyone on welfare either. So what we're going to do is raise the minimum wage so that Thank you. Walmart and Target Thank you. and McDonald's and these billion dollar corporations have to pay people wages where they don't qualify for poverty programs. And then there'll be less people on welfare programs because actual corporations will be paying their employees enough to live. So we can get rid of the welfare state by making sure that people are paid living wages. Absolutely. You know what? You should run for office. This is is the first and only time that I'm going to say this. No, I got Like you... Too many you skeletons. legit should. Too many skeletons, girl. Too many skeletons. <laughs> and if not run for office, like what you just said is so critical. The frame. The frame, right? And this right. is what I don't, like you said, we don't do it right. We do not do it right on the other side of the argument. If you say, yeah, we're not for all of this. So how about we do this, this, and this? That changes the argument. Because then it's like, oh, so wait, you don't want to lift wages? Then what do you want to do so that we both get to the same place that we want to be, which is government not having to pay all these people all these things or have all these services to support? Why don't we just raise the minimum wage? Because then if somebody says, I don't like, I don't want to raise the minimum wage, now you've got them in a corner. Well, then you just want to keep the state the way it is. You want to keep the status quo. Well, the thing is that Americans have been trained to dislike poor people and really love the rich, right? Yes. So we so, have to retrain. So it killed me, though, like when, so BART workers went on strike about like eight or nine years ago, right? Mm-hmm, yep. And so my average folks I knew from like high school, or whatever, would be posting on Facebook like, oh, it's crazy they want all these wages. Like they're basically asking for what you would get with a college degree, right? Mm-hmm. And And I was like, okay, so if... You could go work for BART for this, right? Then if you have a college degree and a company wants to hire you, they probably have to pay you more than that to get you away from BART, right? (laughs) So it's, right? Like other workers making more money increases every other worker's wage, right? Yes, yes. And it just creates- Isn't that competition- Right. And the other thing is, you can still have rich people, right? So yeah, if go ahead. Jeff Bezos had $100 billion instead of $200 billion, he'd still be living large, right? Very large. So we can still have a country with rich people where the average person 
has a different life, decent lifestyle. Like no matter yes. what your job is, yes, yeah. like you have dignity. Um, yes, and I'm yes. Have, okay, go ahead, run for president. Then I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go ahead and quote um, Boost Riley from the coup, right? Oh no, because <laughs> he said and this is way back in the day. It was like in the '90s. He was just like, right. If everybody in the hood had a PhD, you say that doctor who flipped that burger hella good for me. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> Like we, no, but for real, like you, there's all these jobs that need to be done and all of them have value. Like we know you, we, we look down on all these fast food workers, but when it came down to who's essential in the Rona, Ooh, come on. all of them had to go to work, right? Yes. So McDonald's if, is still showing commercials if saying, come and get it curbside yeah. or drive through. I was like, what? Wait a if, second. If fast food is essential? Well, mm. if they're essential, they should be paid a living wage. Thank right? you. It's not Thank even- you, I'm not saying they should be rich, but they could be paying. The other thing is that if they're making a living wage, they buy more things, which Thank actually you. drives the economy. So it's Thank better you. for the economy. It's Thank just you. there's these really, really greedy people who run the world who don't actually run it in their own best interest. Because yeah. the other thing is, is that the, what, the way that the country is going, that we're moving towards a revolution. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. less safety for their kids and their kids' kids yeah. inheriting all this money because you know, when they start cutting off all the heads of the rulers, like you might be in that class when the pitchforks come out, you don't know who's going to get their head chopped you off. Know, exactly. Exactly. And it happens quick. But anyways, like it's just for more stability with less poverty, there's more stability in the country. And if you 100%. look at all the other developed countries, like they have a lot more, they have a lot less poverty per on average and there's yeah. more stability in the country and their economies are doing just fine even in the midst of a global pandemic. I always think of Denmark. I'm not saying Denmark is perfect, but I just think of how, I guess they're more socialistic than, well, way more socialist than we are. But the idea of dignity, the idea of everybody having a chance and opportunity, feeling like as if they matter, like, come on, America, come on. We the people matter. We the people look, matter. Look anyway. Um, look at you, all lives matter. No, we know. <laughs> See, that's horrible. Because if I say no, then like, <laughs> then I'm mean or wrong or whatever. Uh, you've been all, mean wrong. All lives can only matter if Black lives matter. That's it. All lives can only matter if Black lives matter in this country. The real thing is that, and we're we're gonna talk about Kwame Turi, uh, aka Stokey Carmichael. So I'm just gonna give us a quick synopsis, which is. Every movement that says we should stop racism has been criticized by the United States, no matter mm -hmm. what movement it has been. So apartheid, one hundred percent. I found this clip of Joe Biden going in on the Secretary of State about like apartheid, and I was like, I wish he just went that hard for American racism too. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I need to find that clip. Yes, we'll put it on. It'll be in the notes. Um, yeah, excellent. Right, that's what keeps me sane. Um, <laughs> Well, no, you know, Joe, Joe Biden almost went in um, on Trump the other day when he was talking about, you know, health care, the military, who's losers and who's suckers. Like I he he was about to go and curse him out. And then he was just like, you know, he just grabbed his fist and like bit, like literally bit his tongue. And I mean, said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. But I wanted he, to see it. Well, I want I'm glad he's learning to shut the fuck up sometimes because look, 
Again, nobody is perfect, right? I'm not saying you're perfect. It's just like when they give you a lobby, like an easy interview, like I'm not even an expert. And I'm not saying I haven't like messed up horribly and mm-hmm. fallen on my face. But like when you're a politician for a gazillion years and you're on a show and they say like, yo, we want you to come back. Like the, like the answer is always yes. Hey, I'd love to come back. And <laughs> if you manage to like flub that answer and like say one of the worst things ever to like demotivate people to vote, like it's just like, come on, bro. Like, come on. The answer is yes. I'd love to come back. There's only one answer. Up. You don't have to show up. Like you could just say, I'm trying to get like, you know, my manager's been trying to get to work with them. They're not, you know, they're not letting us on. We can't get a schedule. I don't know. Like I'll talk to my manager. We're going to try to work it out. We can't, we, we're going to continue to try to get back to that show. Right. That's all you got to do. Like there's no, there's nothing else to say. Look, okay. There's I'm going go to go get that clip. I'm going to get that clip. I'm going to get that clip. So all, make sure everyone, everyone watch it. It's from like 1980s. And then when you got to get out to the poll, you got to get out to the poll, especially all y'all in like Florida and Ohio and all them other states. like Who aren't the coastal elites? Because HBO apparently has this new show called The Coastal Elites coming out. I want to watch it. Oh, am I going to be on it? Are they going to show us? (laughs) You know what? Let me talk to Issa, fellow Stanford alum, Chocolate Cardinal, and see if she'll let you on. Since, you know, running for presidency and everything. Oh, Issa is a a cardinal? Come on now. She got a piece on her shirt? You know what? And we're done. (laughs) That ends the episode for today. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Khalil, can you take us out? Yeah, so next week we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter from before it's Black Lives Matter. Just basically going through some of the struggle from back in the day and highlighting a few leaders. So we're going to talk about Stokely Carmichael, a.k.a. Kwame Ture, and talk about his legacy. And yo, I'm glad we'd be back. It's good to hang out with Chi again out here jibber-jabbering with y'all. And once again, make sure you share, tell your friends about us. And, you know, we, yes. just, we just out here holding it down one time for the West Side because that's what we do. That's what we do. Peace.